0: This podcast is sponsored by Prime Super, a leading industry super fund specializing in the health and aged care sector. Go to primesuper.com.au to see what we can do for you.
1: Winslow, welcome. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you. Pleasure to be here.
1: The Holodeck program is a mixed reality environment and for me it seems part patient simulation and part nurse monitoring. Tell us a bit about the project.
0: Yes, uh, the Holodeck is a major research infrastructure grant from the National Science Foundation here in the U.S. And it is to build a new instrument, uh, an experiential supercomputer that will both create experiences, but then also allow us to analyze those experiences.
1: Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, where did this come out of? What sort of gap in, I guess, nurse training did you guys see that uh, you thought this would be an interesting area to come into?
0: Yes. So we were seeing that currently we have typically one or two individuals working around a robotic mannequin and interacting largely with the interfaces, but not creating the interpersonal connections that we want to see in the training of nurses with patients and family members, and also not looking at the ability to connect with peers in the professional and interprofessional teams that nurses are um, and that's critical to uh, appropriate healthcare.
1: Mhm. And um the interesting bit for, I guess maybe for me was uh, seeing the use of the headset you have you monitor the nurses through a headset that and through skin conducting I believe and it measures uh, cognitive load attention boredom and other states of feeling and uh, I mean how do these findings and the readings you're getting affect or tailor your teaching to students?
0: Yes. So there mm- several different modalities to the holodeck, the visual, the auditory, the physical or haptic, and then the human dynamic, which is the area that you were asking about, which is how do we use diverse senses, uh, sensors of human physiology, human cognition, human affect to both acquire those signals, but then create interfaces and, and feedback loops that help individuals learn how to attend to the needs of the patient and the needs of the family members. So that's what we're doing with these signals. We're Mm -hmm. able to detect elements of concentration, elements of fatigue, elements of excitement. um, And the large-scale goal is to move beyond our current strategy of measuring competency in simulation and to start to introduce the capacity to have simulation that trains for conflict, for creativity, mm-hmm. for um, leadership. So going beyond capacity and looking at these new modalities that we could start to uh, engage individuals in.
1: Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, as an example, if you saw, you know, um, maybe one person who kept being bored in one certain situation, is that then you tailor How do you deal with, with that or what are your reactions to these certain situations?
0: Yes, yes. So the instrument will allow... Educational scientists and, and nurse scientists to design different scenarios. Uh, one of the scenarios that isn't um, attended well in uh, in simulation is what happens when the mannequin uh, dies, or if there's a code scenario. So, looking at the emotional state of individuals in these kinds of extreme situations is one in which we want to learn better how can we prepare those individuals for those scenarios uh, through training and discussion prior to those events. How do we introduce the likelihood or possibility that that will occur? And then how do we debrief those and and ensure the, uh, the, the resiliency and capacity and the processing of those events for individuals, both in the training scenario, but then also equip those individuals with the skill to recognize the effects of those events in the professional settings, and how they can use diverse resources that they learn in school to start to overcome those.
1: Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, forgive me for my maybe lack of scientific knowledge, but the actual headset technology, the skin conducting, how accurate is that? And I mean, is it widely used in science? Is it something you guys have used previously or tested a lot before this, or...?
0: Yeah, so that's an excellent question. There are, uh, you know, all the way uh, for, for, for decades, efforts to look at signals from the brain. There's uh, internal mechanisms to look at um, functional fMRI, functional magnetic resonance imaging, which can look deep into the brain. Those large, you know, fMRI is a, a system in which you can um, only do that currently effectively in large scale machines, so that's not a portable way. Um, the, the one that we demonstrated in the video is um, the emotive headset, and that's used in uh, game controlling and um, a number of human-computer interaction studies and, and efforts in, in controlling between humans and computers. Um, there are higher-end versions of this, which essentially are EEG uh, systems that allow to look at seizures and uh, various cognitive states and brain waves throughout the, the um, um Typically in office settings or or in in clinical practice, but um, we're starting to see the ability with the emotive headset and then uh, a new generation of wireless EEG uh, sensors that are both um, portable or wearable and then um, deployable a new capacity to understand the nature of individuals and then also small teams mm-hmm. uh, in real time in social settings. Yeah. So that's the kind of context that we're looking at, and that's what the, the, one of the um, capabilities of the Holodeck project, is how do we integrate the emerging uh, and existing technologies to create both... The next generation visualization, with, for example, AR, VR, um, or haptic feedback—you um, know these many different types of modalities—but uh, also um, the human dynamic ones, where we can sense to a greater extent what are what's what's going on, both cognitively and the emotional state of the learner uh, and the family members uh, in in our health practices.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, how, how, is there a way you guys can protect? Because obviously, some people don't do well in. Uh, Kind of test conditions so people potentially who know and they're wearing that their headset it might kind of adversely affect some of your findings Is there a way to protect against that?
0: Sure, I I mean there's a number of different effects. There would be the novelty effect This is Mm -hmm. new and I'm paying particular attention or there's a performance effect Mm -hmm. um, Similar to what you're suggesting Um, as you put this on you're gonna perform you know as we see the capacity to make these things more and more and of an everyday experience where this will just be part of the simulation, then those start to go away and you have to be present and capable day in and day out. Um, you know, eventually you can imagine having the full capacity of these types of instruments throughout, and, uh, throughout our everyday lives. So members of our Holodeck team are looking at scenarios called future reality, where you have uh, AR experiences and are wearing physiological sensors throughout everyday experience. And what does the world um, seem like? And uh, what is our everyday interactions? What's what's possible in that future reality? Uh, so, so you know, it currently, uh, I, I fully appreciate that there could be limitations or uh, biases. That's all part of the process of the research and development, where mm-hmm. we start to explore what is happening and how do we um, make um the you know the best guesses of what the future is going to be like and what we're able to do um, in terms of teaching and and learning
1: Mm -hmm. and just kind of you know thinking about the applications potentially for the technology is it something can you you'll be measuring I guess stress in nurses can it help identify mental health issues in nurses and potentially or look at those maybe potentially susceptible in certain situations and help with mental health in nursing
0: Well, I think um, the holodeck is a multifaceted instrument, and our team is across domains, ranging from scientific exploration, uh, scientists and mathematicians looking at, uh, uh, say, system modeling or designers building uh, architecture, um, artists using the instrument for collaborative dance and performance, uh, and then uh, human-computer interaction scientists and um, looking at the future of smart homes and assistive environments or patient care environments. So the modality here where we're looking at the physiological sensors and the simulation uh, is one in which we're looking for the interpersonal and team dynamics in the training scenario. Mm -hmm. But um, the larger story of the capacity of an instrument like this is to start to look at individuals um, throughout everyday experiences and start to attend to their needs So to to tend to the specific question of depression or emotional needs, we're already starting to see correlations between people's uh, online activity and their uh, use or uh, physical activity in terms of the accelerometry from a social um, mobile phone or their interactions with specific mobile apps that are designed to attend to emotional states Mm -hmm. um, such as depression and and to some extent um, give some empowerment. and. Mediation and control that starts to uh, help people in these states overcome these um, conditions of depression. Mm-hmm. so you know what I would say is that there's a beginning of an ability to gather that information in in this specific project. that hasn't been our focus, but yeah. um, the instrument would certainly uh, in in sort of the longer time frame become more and more end-user um, capable. And, and uh, you know, so within the Holodeck project, we're looking both at how do you create a world-class instrument that has these advanced features, but then how do you create open-source toolkits that allow others um, to acquire diverse components of the instrument and set those up based on the work that we've done? So that's part of our dissemination and broadening capacity of the instrument uh, Mm -hmm. to give uh, some capacity to start to get other investigators um, and then ultimately end users uh, these abilities.
1: And I'm assuming eventually you you guys want to aim to get this rolled out uh, in a lot of uh, nursing and teaching areas, but uh, could we see this rolled out on wards for professional nurses as a way of tracking performance and improving performance?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there are a number, uh, you, you know, you could certainly do a number of these things, uh, uh, and looking at everyday experience in, in the professional settings, one of one of the sort of counter-concerns is is tracking and, and uh, is sort of the big brother effects of yep. uh, uh, monitoring in work environments, and so, you know, you, you have to be careful and cautious and understand the buy-in and who has access to uh, the data sets yep. as you do that, um, you know, so... Uh, you know, those are things that we already start to see when people get mobile phones or uh, laptops from their employers and they have uh, diverse technologies to track the individual. And, and so we're starting to see part of the conversation around privacy and mm-hmm. uh, ownership um, in, in those contexts. Of course, you multiply that uh, when you get into um, the, the more, say, intimate elements of the, the brain waves and um, conductance and, some, and uh, heart heart rate and respiration that, that mm-hmm. we um, are proposing as features of an educational system that, that can start, you know, can be turned on and off and, and controlled by the uh, uh, students. So those are all parts of the way you advance work in this area. You know, the questions about can students opt out of this? Um, and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and then, as you're suggesting, can employees, uh, you know, use this for their benefit or, or are they required to and, and what are the sort of ethical conditions around that?
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure exactly how long this work has been going on, but are you seeing any findings already?
0: Uh, in, in the, uh, I think we're just at the beginning phase of the uh, of the simulation work. So mm-hmm. setting up the capacity to do this is uh, a case study finding in the in the ability to uh, stream the signals and acquire the information.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, in terms of uh, larger, more generalizable findings. Uh, yeah, not, initial uh, observations, I guess. At that stage yet, uh, you know. So so the process of developing the holodeck is both the development of the instrument and then the use of the instrument, and that goes back and forth in terms of an iterative cycle of advance the development, uh, use it, advance the development, use it. So you see the gaps in the use, and then you can start to feed that back into um, the needs for the development. And so that's, you know, we, in any development, uh, before you can find findings, you, you build your system to a point of robustness, and you do some pilot studies, and mm-hmm. uh, and then use that to uh, to uh, inform the the type of um, research and you know the larger scale empirical studies that would would produce the more robust findings.